There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. New Toyota showrooms now open in Glasgow and Hamilton. Let's go! Good evening and welcome to the Go Radio Football Show. I'm Mark Guidi. Delighted to say tonight I'm joined by the Rangers legend Barry Ferguson and the Falkirk captain Stephen McGinn, who's already preparing for the big Scottish Cup game away to Davo in the middle of February live on the TV Paul Cooney's not here tonight he's away on family business but we do know Barry that Paul will be listening in as he always does yeah there's no doubt he'll be listening in probably with a, a glass of champagne um, enjoying <laughs> himself in Belfast all the best Paul hope you have a nice weekend with the family and enjoy the rugby we have got a packed show for you tonight here on the Go Radio Football Show if you want to get through to Barry or Stephen please dial us on 0808 17 17 700 you can text go to 87474 if you want to send in a message or our socials at Go Radio Football Show we are of course in association with Macklin Motors, we've got some transfer news tonight that we're going to bring to you. We've got news of Celtic and Rangers, ins and outs as we go to the final four days of the transfer window. And we'll also go through the card. We've got a brilliant card this weekend in SPFL Premiership and the Championship and League One and League Two. Let's get to it. First of all, an old teammate of yours, Stephen, just breaking news at Hibernian have accepted a deal from Watford for Ryan Portis the Scotland centre half he is away Kevin Nisbet is not back Millwall but Portis is away to Watford to the English Championship yeah I mean uh, it was no secret that Ryan might leave this uh, this year whether it be this window or the, the summer um, a good opportunity a club that I used to play with uh, I know it's a it's a good club and a good opportunity for him not long at the Premiership obviously to kick on and um, obviously broke into the Scotland team recently so he feels this is the next step in his career and good luck to him Barry you know that level down south English Premiership English Championship played there with Blackpool managed there with, with Blackpool um, what do you think of, of Ryan Portis and, and how he'll do down there? Well it's a, it's a strange one Ryan Portis he certainly grew um, he's grew on me over the last year or so, look, we, we know his his temperament at times, some silly challenges, um, lets himself down. But I think when he concentrates and his mind's fully focused on football, I think he's a very good centre half. I mean, I've seen it with the games he's played for Hibs. We obviously seen him make his international debut, where I thought he was the best man in the party. He was outstanding. So maybe this is a time where Ryan feels it. He needs to get out of Edinburgh. Um, his home comforts go away and play a, a different level of football and he's under Slavin Bilic who was an ex-centre yep. half as well which I think will be great for him so he's certainly got the ability and the capabilities of doing well it's a tough league Stephen I tell you the championship I mean it's non-stop 46 games a, a season um, but I do think he's got the ability to go down there and, and showcase his talents and become a, a good player for Watford Final word on Portis um, Stephen you obviously know him well he was a teammate how will he do down there in terms of 
his ability because the championship you know that as well down the road as well and his mentality and temperament to cope with a move and, and being away from home in a new environment well, I think it'll be good for him. I think, especially the way the I mean, the way the season's been for Hibs, there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, all his family, all his friends are Hibbies. Um, he feels the brunt of it when obviously they lose the derbies like last week. I, f- I felt for him. Um, so it's a it's a chance for him to to park that, go down, concentrate his football. He's going into a dressing room that um, is full of different nationalities, um, a different different culture. Uh, as Barry said, you're always on the road, games constantly, and um, he'll, he'll need to adapt to that, moving away from his family for the first time. You know, you can't just pop around to the, the folks when you're needing anything done. So, But it's a good time. I think it's time for him to go. I think he's been a brilliant Hibs player, but it's time for him to n- take the next step. You were at Watford, of course, as well. How will he, how will he enjoy it down there yeah, in terms a- of social life? Did, he didn't know that. Um, <laughs> the, the media, I think the media guy down at Watford, John Marks, good friend of mine, um, he let him know and... Uh, Ryan asked if he could phone me once it was all done to, to ask about the area and stuff like that. So um, similar ages to when I went down, so I can tell him one or two of the, the decent boozers that he can go in once <laughs> or twice. Coffee. Aye, a wee coffee, aye. <laughs> uh, Kevin Nisbet, Hibs agreed a fee with Millwall. <clears throat> Barry, which we believe would have risen to around about the 2.3 million mark. So that's an indication of <clears throat> what Hibs were thinking. But the players knocked it back. But do you still think... Maybe not necessarily in the next four days, but perhaps in the summer that Kevin Nisbet is destined for somewhere else. Yeah, it looks like that. Look, it looked if it was a done deal, no doubt about it. And, and Wednesday, when Millwall come in with um, a, a different bid that matched what Hibs value Kevin Nisbet at, um, me personally, I think he's better than Millwall. I'll be honest with you, Mark. I, I think he's a player who can play at the highest level. I've said plenty of times. I'm, Bit surprised Rangers or Celtic have not registered any interest in him. Um, so it was a surprise when I heard the news today. Maybe he just doesn't feel it's the right move for him. He'll maybe, well, we're saying that there's three or four days left of the window. Yeah. There, there could be something behind it that somebody else has come in. But um, if he's going to stay at Hibs, I'm sure Hibs will be delighted until the, the summer. But I think um, if he does stay in the summer, he, he will go. Um, no doubt about it um, and as I said he's a player for me that's still got um, a bit of improvement to, to come um, but as I said I think he's got all the attributes uh, uh, that you want from a centre forward um, so yeah I'm surprised it didn't happen but on the, the flip side of that don't be surprised if something happens in the next three or four days but listen I'm sure Hibs would de- uh, be delighted to bring him back for the last three or four months of the season because I think Hibs losing Porteous and Nisbet, I think they could have been in trouble. I suppose as well, the thing about Nisbet now for clubs that might be interested, they know the fee, they yep. know what it takes to get them out the door to get permission to speak to them, so that saves a bit of time. So there could be another twist for them in the next but, three or four days. Well, I, I do know because I, I know Kevin Nisbet's agent and I know the fee that was involved, it was um, 1.4 million plus add-ons. Um, for me, that's an absolute snap, if you're asking me. Well, that's why that, you, you should be on a cut now. You've just you've yeah, put it well, out there, Barry. Hopefully, you've put it out there. hopefully, I'm on a cut. No, but listen, <laughs> I, I would just been open and honest. What I, I think of Kevin is, but I think he's got the potential to go and play at the top. Um, I love his story, getting let go for Partick Thistle. We've spoken about this before, Mark. Going down to League One and Wraith Rovers, doing really well, scoring goals. Gets his move to Dunfermline in the Championship. Continues that. Gets a real good move to Hibs does really well then gets a serious injury he's out for 10 months and I think he's come back 
a better player. He looks physically mature um, to me and he's come back with a bang. He scored goals and that's why there's been a, a, a lot of interest and I'll say it again, I'm just surprised that a Rangers or Celtic haven't touched base to see if there was any possibilities that he, he could go there. Well, he certainly won't be at Rangers or Celtic tomorrow. Rangers play tomorrow at home at St Johnson. A chance to cut the gap on Celtic to six points before Celtic go to Tannadice on Sunday afternoon. But one player who will be involved tomorrow, he's back in the squad after a year um, out, is of course the uh, player Yanis Hadji. And Michael Beale is delighted to have him back in the squad. Yeah, we're really close and he's you know, at 24, 25, whatever he is. He's a, he's a very young man with his best days in front of him. He's quite a special young person as well, like around, around the building as a professional, as a kid. He's someone that we all, we all love here at Rangers. To have him back is massive. You know, he's a player that's been missing for a year and would have been a big player for us. To have him and then Todd sign this week and seeing them both out there the way Todd's trained in his first three days has made a big impression on everybody so we feel in a really strong place with those two available to us Barry what do you think of, of Hadji being back because first of all you've had you've had a long term injury you, you feel for the player first and foremost don't you yeah and I'm sure Stephen's had a, a, a few long term injuries as well it's a lonely place at times mm-hmm. when you're in that gym yourself and you see your teammates out in the training field Um it's a it's a long hard road. He's been out for a year, as Michael Beale says there. But I think it's a brilliant boost. I mean, you've seen the qualities he brought to the Rangers team um, when he when he was playing before he got his injury. Technically, I think he's excellent. Um, he can play in a various positions um, behind that striker. He can play in the left. He can play in the right. He can play the number ten position. So I think it's a a welcome boost um, for Michael Beale and the Rangers fans that. Um, Hadji's in the squad um, but you need to be patient you've got to remember he has been out for a, a long period of time it will take him a bit of time to get back to where, where he was but I've no doubt this. again I'll go back to it I think they, they signed him in a, a new long term contract That's right, yep. so that tells me there's there's no issues with, his, with the injury he had um, so I'm excited to see, see Hadji come back because I think he can play a big part for Rangers in the future Would you expect him to get some minutes tomorrow? Depending how the result goes, um, I, I don't think it's going to be as easy as people are making it out. I think, uh, well, I know Callum will come with a game plan. He'll try and frustrate Rangers. Um, and if that goes to two, uh, sorry, three or four goals, then maybe you can see Hadji getting the 10 minutes. But I think it's important that you take your time and you don't expect too much from a, from a player who's been out for a, a long period of time. Todd Cantwell's in the squad tomorrow as well Stephen they signed a, a couple of days ago he's not had a lot of football in the past year or so would you expect him to, to make his debut tomorrow? Yeah I would expect him to feature at some point it's from from what was quite a, a low the Rangers were low in numbers before before Christmas becoming an unbelievably competitive area of the park when you you talk about Anis Hadji being back in the squad Todd Cantwell you've got uh, Tom Lawrence still to come back and then on top of that Ryan, uh, Ryan Kent and Fashion Sakala are probably playing the best football in the Rangers team at the minute and obviously Scott Arfield never lets anyone down so although they'll all be desperate for minutes it's uh, it's looking it's looking much better for Michael Beale his options Certainly he wants to add to the squad he's made that clear and it's up to, to the hierarchy to, to go and try and get some deals done he has been linked with Raskin 
in Belgium and Whitaker at Swansea and he gave the Rangers supporters an update on both of them. It's not true that we've signed a pre-contract of anybody, so I can dispel that right now. He's obviously a player that we like. There's negotiations going on between the club, but they're not the only ones that we're speaking to. What do you make of that, Barry? Do you think Raskin and, and Whitaker will get over the line in the next four days? And would you like to see both of them over the line? Yeah, because it strengthens the squad. Um, I think Michael Beale's clear. He's he's done his job. He spoke to players. He's identified who he wants to to bring in. Now it's up to the the people above who who do the contracts and try and ag- agree the fee. Um, and as Stephen says, there if they do get um, Raskin and Whitaker in. It's a real competitive mm. area of the field, uh, the, the midfield. It's um, real competition for places. And that's what I think Michael Beale wants to create. I look at Celtic, I look at what has got there. You look at their bench. I mean, any day players can come off the bench and not weaken the starting 11. And I think that's where Michael Beale wants to get to with this Ranger squad. So I would expect um, one, if not two of them, to come in before the window closes. We don't know how either squad is going to look, you know, come midnight on, on Tuesday, but we've got an idea of Celtic and Rangers where they're, they're, they're going to be. Does that Rangers squad look to you uh, that's got the potential to go and, for example, win silverware, win the cup final next month? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, they'll take a huge bit of confidence from um, obviously their performance in the Celtic game um, at Ibrox. And also the, also the fact they are digging it out. I mean, it was something they've been accused of all season when it just wasn't going their their way sometimes I, I felt like St Johnson and St Martin they both just time just passed without anything happening it's not what's happened when Michael Beale's come in they've dug out results and I think that's I think I think Michael Beale he'll never admit it publicly I think he'll thought the league was a, a huge order uh, for him when he came into the job obviously Celtic aren't showing any signs of dropping any points and I think he's targeted the Cups massively and uh, Hugely important win. Uh, not a great game last week at Perth, but they've got themselves through to the next round of the the League Cup, and I think uh, the Scottish Cup, and I think he'll be looking to put a real marker down this cup final. That this is a Celtic team that can be beaten. No, I'm I'm just looking at if these two players do come in. I mean, you rhymed off. I mean, you've got Tillman, Cantwell, Sakala, Kent, Arfield. If Whitaker comes in, Raskin comes in. You've got Lowry. You've got Lawrence still to come back. You've got Matondo. Matondo as well. You've got yeah. Hadji. Yeah, Scott Wright. Scott Wright. Hi. Yep. I mean, it's it's um, it's strong. Yeah. I I don't think you can run with them going into next season. But that's what you want to try and create a bit of competition for places. And I think that brings the best out in players. Well, Rangers have got one in. Todd Cantwell are trying to get another couple in over at Celtic. They have got the fourth signing of the January window, and Hyun O has arrived from Suwon Blue Wings for two point five million pounds uh, a young striker but certainly Ange Postecoglou at Celtic believes that the young player is going to have plenty to offer it seems like it's been a long time coming he's one we um, Mark Lowell and, and, and myself we identified pretty early um, and to be honest I thought he'd be the first one in the building but uh, yeah, his club weren't really keen on, on letting him go he's just broken through there and he was really important to them last year his form just get, kept getting better towards the back end of the year, so we knew that would be harder, his scoring goals, and then he got selected with the Korean national team and um, he worked hard to keep his team up last year as a young guy, as a striker. He, he made the Korean national team squad and now he's made a decision, you know, where he, for all intents and purposes, he could have stayed in Korea probably for another year. But, 
you know, he wants to he wants to try and crack it over here and um you know, really pleased to get him in. Stephen Ange Postacoglu talking very highly of O'Leary and also as well saying he thought he would be the first one in the door so he clearly has been on the radar for a long, long time. Yep, and by Ange's uh, pressers he's pretty excited about it. I, th- I think uh, I think it's always a good sign when the selling team really doesn't want to get rid of a player. I mean, uh, my own experience is uh, usually when a player, the club's fighting to keep a hold of a player it's because they're really important and obviously we've not seen a lot of the guy but... Um, with how excited he is and you see the size of him I think that's important if Giacomacchus is still he's a, he offers a different threat from, from Kyogo he's going to offer that physical uh, presence that they might lose with Giacomacchus leaving What are you expecting to, to happen with Giacomacchus Barry do you think he'll be I mean he's got a couple of options Celtic have not backed a bid from Atlanta but there's still one or two things on the table Ange Postacoglu has been pretty clear that he's quite happy to let the player go and explore what options he has yeah, I think we're bringing in the Korean international. Um, Postacoglu has been desperate to get in. I think now, over the next three or four days, Mark, you'll, you'll see Jack Amakis go. Um, I do still believe he's he's a, he's going to be a big miss. I've been impressed with him, as I've said. Um, he's a good team player. Um, he scores all different type of goals. Um, but going on previous recruitment to Postacoglu, this new player will probably be um, a very good centre forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the, the writing's on the wall for Jack Marcus. I think you'll see him either go um, to the, the MLS or the Japanese league. Well, we've had a right good opening 20 minutes to the first part of the show. We'll get Steve McGinn's thoughts more on what's happening and Barry Ferguson's thoughts as Rangers uh, bring Todd Cantwell into the squad for tomorrow's game at home to St Johnson. Yanis Hadji is back in the squad for the first time in a year and over at Celtic Park. Hyon Guillot is in the building and the way Ange Postacoglu is talking, he could well play a part in the game on Sunday at Dundee United. Stay with us if you want to get through to Barry or Stephen call the Go Radio Football Show in association with Macklin Motors on 0808 17 17 700. And when we come back, we're going to give you news about Barry Ferguson and John Hartson that you don't want to miss. They're going to be live, they're going to be unleashed, and you're going to love it. We'll speak to you soon. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! The Go Radio Football Show, I'm Mark Goody tonight. I'm with Stephen McGinn and Barry Ferguson. And Barry, you bit of credit for Chris. Not only is he giving us a traffic report, he's producing tonight, he's keeping us all in line, making sure that we don't make a mess of it, let's be honest, without yeah. Paul, without Paul here and James is away as well. Yeah, he's he's doing some job. He's um he looks a bit flustered at times, but <laughs> I, to be fair, that's twenty-five minutes into the show and he's he's handled it pretty well. But listen, there's still a while to go to see what what happens. <laughs> right, talking about flustered, live and unleashed at Glasgow's Oran Moor on the 9th of March, yourself with Paul Cooney and me we're going to be there it's totally off the cuff it's totally raw are you looking forward to it? yeah I, I, I'm really looking forward to it um, obviously people who listen to the show you, you'll see them obviously in person um, few questions I'll get asked probably that they wouldn't ask live on, on air but the only thing I'm worried about is Unleashed Paul Cooney Unleashed <laughs> Remember he's listening Yeah I know But listen That's that's the only worry I've got about that night But no Really looking forward to it Thursday night um, I'm sure we'll have A few refreshments um, And we'll, jo- we'll um, Enjoy the night 
Yep, if you want to go and see Barry, Paul and myself, 9th of March at the Orrimore in Glasgow. It's a Thursday night from 7.30. Tickets are limited. They're on sale now from thisisgo.co.uk. That's thisisgo.co.uk. And you can also see John Hartson with Paul Cooney and myself at St. Luke's uh, in Glasgow. Just a stone's throw from Celtic Park on the 30th of March. That's also a Thursday night at half seven. Stephen? We'll keep you a couple of tickets, 25 quid for cash. Sort, <laughs> sort it out, just give them. To, Is to that why? We'll sort you out. I wasn't at St. Luke's because it's a stone throw for Celtic Park. It's what a, are you trying to say? It's a, it's a John Hartson free kick for <laughs> Celtic Park. So get there, get along and see John and Barry in action. 9th of March for Barry, 30th of March for John. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be good. So just listen to Ange Postacoglu there. Um, Stephen talking about the, the transfer activity like you said he likes to get his business done early it worked very very well for Celtic this time last year uh, with O'Reilly and Hitati and, and Maida can you see these boys having a, a similar impact? Yeah I mean just uh, obviously with with only playing one one striker um, I mean Kyle goes in, in fire at the minute so O's going to have to wait his turn to, to get a chance but uh, he definitely looks to be, be bringing something different to the party. Uh, I just wonder, I mean, with the, the rumour clubs invo- uh, in, interested in Giacomacchus being America and, and the J-League, uh, the team from Japan, with the J-League and the MLS deadlines aren't next week, aren't in the next few days. So I wonder if that might rumble on a, a wee bit further. And if he can still be used in the meantime by Celtic. Yeah. You know, they obviously only use one striker, but just while uh, O takes the time to bed in, they could still have Giacomacchus. I'm not, I'm not sure how that one plays out. Yurawa Red Diamonds is from Japan that, that that's interested. Um and I'm on that Stephen with the greatest respect to the MLS and to the to the to the Jaili Jackimakis at twenty eight, you look at the quality that he's brought to Celtic in the past eighteen months, top scorer in the Eredivisie um as well the season before that. For me it's like why is he not going to a higher level if he's leaving leaving Celtic going to a better league? Everything about it doesn't really make sense, to be honest. Uh, you even look at his own season, I know he'll be disappointed with the minutes, but he scored again, he scored in the Champions League. You know, he is 28, he's at the peak. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's disappointing. I think he's been a great player for Celtic, great sign, very popular with the fans. And um, you can only you can only speculate what's the reasons for it. Um, whether he maybe thought that there was better out there than the options he's got or whether something comes up late on that we don't know about but yeah certainly a puzzling one I suppose though he could still stay he could be here for the for the rest of the season yeah I mean still but I think with his game time he struggled for game time with um, one striker to compete with with another signing that Ange's brought in and oh it's going to be even harder for him so I do expect him to leave but I just don't think it's the same pressure with the with the deadlines for, for him to go in the next few days OK let's go on to the phone lines if you want to speak to Stephen McGinn or Barry Ferguson you can call us on the Go Radio Football Show 0808 17 17 700 that's the number that Scott has called he's a Rangers fan and he wants to speak about the transfer business at Ibrox so far good evening Scott Hi guys how you doing? How are you? I'm not bad, not bad. Um, slightly underwhelmed so far with the transfer business. I think we need more than one. And the fact we're still waiting, what, four days, five days until end of the window and we've only brought one in. And I think we need it was we need positions more than we needed Cantwell, I think. Which but, position, Scott, would in particular would you like to see the the manager strengthen between now and Tuesday night? I like I like the fact they're linked to Raskin and Whitaker. 
need a, I think we need a right winger, and I think we need a midfielder. Lundstrom's no been at it this season, and Sakala, I like Sakala, but he's a strange one for a winger because I don't think his crossing's very good. I don't think he's a great dribbler, but he's a very good finisher. But he's not great as a centre forward, so I'm not sure what Sakala's best position is. He's been good, but I think it needs upgraded. But I still think the position that we need the most before anything else is a goalkeeper. I said it in the summer. I think McGregor. I think last season should be McGregor's last season. I think we took the lazy option and gave him a new deal. And this season, I think it's proved that McLaughlin's not going to McGill. McLaughlin's not good enough to be number one. That's been proven. And I don't think McGregor's much of an upgrade on McLaughlin. I think he's better out of the two. I'd play McGregor, but I don't like. If we're gonna, if we need, if, if we're gonna win a league title, you can't have Al McGregor at four year old. He's your number one keeper. Barry, moving forward, taking kind of I'd say two of the, the bullet points here from from Scott. They need a new goalkeeper mm-hmm. um, for next season, and he'd like to see a centre mid brought in, maybe in, in this window because he feels maybe one or two have just gone off the boil. Yep, I've I've says it. Um, I think they need a real dominant central midfielder playmaker who's going to control the game, the pace of the game, dictate the the, the game. And I agree with what Scott says there. I'm sure it's an area about what he's trying, but Michael Beal was was clear he's not going to just waste money for the sake of bringing players in he's not going to bring players in as fillers the players that he's bringing in are players that he wants to go into the starting 11 or they have a real chance of getting in the starting 11 so it is two positions I think are key going forward goalkeeper Alan McGregor's um, I'm 90% sure that he's going to retire in the summer so I do think they need a, a new number one and that dominant midfielder is another area of the pitch where I think Rangers uh, could be doing me one cause. You've got Ryan Jack and Lundstrom at this moment in time. Stephen Davis is out long term with the cruciate. You don't know what's going to be happening with Devil going forward. So I think a young version of uh, Stephen Davis, somebody who, as I said, Mark, can go and run a game of football for, for the full 90 minutes. Without putting the spot, do you have any names in mind, like realistic no, targets? Do you know what? You I've been looking at yeah. I've been thinking... Um, about it there's there's nobody who's jumped out at me at this mm-hmm. moment in time um, but it is an area that I do think they need to add because Ryan Jack's running out of contract in the summer as well we don't know what's happening contract uh, contract talks I don't think I've even started with Ryan well, Jack do you want to hear Ryan Jack's take on that yeah Scott, let's see you want to hear that as well let's see what Ryan Jack has got to say about his contract situation he was put up for Go Radio this afternoon Spoke two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, when we played Dundee United, and I said it's a great club to play for. Um, it's a privilege every time you you put on that top and you you represent that badge. So um, nothing's changed for me and how we'll go about it from the end of the season. But um, there's no update. Look, I think you always want to have um, things secured and um, everything in obviously a perfect world. But sometimes it's it's not that. In my case right now, it's not. And um, but I'm fully focused to give everything that I need to do and try and play as well as I can from now to end the season uh, for myself, my teammates and when the when the time's right and the time comes I'm sure we'll sit down and we'll speak And we'll get Michael Beale's take on the contract situation as well with Ryan Jack I think obviously change of manager it changes, moves the goalposts for one or two they're not the only ones there's Scott Arfield, Alan McGregor, Phil Alanda there's, there's quite a few players whose future's got to be... Um, 
sorted out one way or another. But at, the, at this moment in time, Rangers season needed to be sorted out. And so we've gone on a good run of form. We've managed to get to a cup final into the next round of the cup. It was a big week last week for us with the away game at Kilmarnock. So that's why these things have been put on the back burner because I think that we needed to find our, our form as a football club again and then the individual players within it. And then those situations will depend on uh, health and form and where the club's going, the direction it's going in, I think. But certainly with the change of coach, there's, a, there's always going to be slight differences. It's going to favour some players and maybe not favour others. So there's no, there's no malice reason why it's not been sorted out. That, that is the answer. Scott, would you like to see Ryan Jack get a new contract? I'm 50-50. I think, right, so far since Beals came in, I think, Jack, I think Jack's had the biggest upturn in form, along with Kent and Tillman, and maybe Morelos as well, to that. But it's an injury record. I don't know if he can trust his body to get through 40 games a season. And that's my only... I think Ryan Jack's a very good player, but I think it's his injury record. And... I think, going back to the midfield, you asked Barry for names. I think we should be looking in Scotland. I don't know why we gave Stephen Davis a new deal over going for Lewis Ferguson. I'm not saying that because Barry's here, mm-hmm. who's flying at the late moment. And I would also go to Dundee United and give them a million pounds and take Darren Levitt off their hands. I think Darren Levitt's a great wee player. And I, I, wouldn't, I don't think Levitt would start for us, but as a bench option, I, I think Levitt would be a great wee signing. I think he's a good player at Dundee United's level. Uh, I think he'd be an upgrade on can't my as we have a million pound for a, a player to sit on the bench and, and Dylan Levitt Stephen what do you think of that shout from Scott yeah well uh, as you say if you don't think he's a starter I don't think that's uh, Rangers are needing starting players um, what, the one thing I, I don't know a lot about Nicholas Raskin but he's a centre midfielder I think that's something I think Scott's looking for a right winger a midfielder and a goalkeeper I think Nicholas Raskin and Morgan Whitaker fit that bill in terms of midfielder and the right winger on the goalkeeping situation, I think it's got a wee bit messy. I thought, I thought changing the goalkeeper depending on set pieces away from home. I thought you're asking to to lose a goal at that, and John McLaughlin loses one five minutes into the Kilmarnock game. And I think long term, I think Alan McGregor's more than good enough to to be between the sticks from now until the end of the season. But I think that's a priority position in the summer. Well, can I sense, but I don't know if you agree that over the past kind of couple of weeks there's been this real kind of. Alan McGregor's finished and everybody seems to be kind of mm-hmm. jumping on because I don't recall him making any any howlers um, it was John McLaughlin that was out of sorts last week at Rugby Park but it just seems to be this narrative now that McGregor's finished and some people can't wait to, to get rid of him quick enough Yeah I, I just think if he, he makes a I wouldn't say a mistake he, he makes um, he doesn't have the best of games I think people jump on it for the simple fact is previous to that He's been outstanding. He's hardly yeah. made a mistake mm-hmm. over the period of time he, he's been at Rangers. But um, I do think he, I do think he may hang his gloves up um, this season. Um, no doubt about it. And as an area where Rangers do need to strengthen now, John McLaughlin for me is a good goalkeeper. He's a good backup goalkeeper in my opinion. If a keeper gets suspended or's got a slight injury, that's fine for a game or two. Young McCrory, who we've spoken about before, Matt, I think he's got potential. But for me, again, he needs to go out and play. He's not played for a long time. I know he's been at Lone and Morton and Livingston previous to that, but that's been a couple of years he's not had hardly any game time. So, again, it's an area where I think... There's four positions I think Rangers, he's got his eye on now. And it's a goalkeeper, central midfielder, a wide player. That could be Whitaker and a centre-forward. Mm-hmm. 
and the goalkeeping situation Stephen you'd have come up against Alan McGregor many times in your your career first of all how good a goalie was he is he and how difficult will he be to replace as, as Rangers number one well obviously just in my lifetime you obviously had Andy Gorham you've had Stefan Kloss but I just think for longevity and some huge moments involved in European runs penalty saves against Celtic I think in my lifetime Alan McGregor's been Rangers best and I think this season, I mean, some of it is probably with the high standards he's set in previous years, you are comparing Alan McGregor to peak Alan McGregor, which probably isn't fair. But I just, it just doesn't sit well with me, the rotating the goalies. It's like almost taking off a goalkeeper for penalty shootouts. Mm-hmm. I just think the psychology of going in, John McLaughlin thinking, right, I'm in here because I'm, I'm good at set pieces. Mm-hmm. The pressure, the added pressure, they think, right, I need to make sure they don't score for this because this is why I'm in the team. I'd, I just I like having a goalie and he just he's the number one and he plays when fit um, that's just my preference I, I agree with you I think it's a position you can't mess about with mm-hmm. I honestly do and uh, listen it happened at Dun United but Rangers won that game 2-0 he's got a clean sheet and that looks to me if it's right that that's worked Alan McGregor goes in the next game and then he brings him back out against Kilmarnock because yeah, we got asked a question the Monday night before the Kilmarnock game on the Wednesday who do we think is going to bring goals and I was clear in my mind it was going to be Alan McGregor. And before the game, I was um, I was surprised, um, no doubt about it. It was also interesting to hear Michael Beale regarding like Ryan Jack and Scott Arfield or whatever. Health and form was important to him. Because mm-hmm. obviously Ryan's carried a few injuries. He struggled in the past. Um, so I think in the case of Ryan Jack, I think Michael Beale's wanted to see if he can play a prolonged number of games. Mm-hmm. And if he can do that, I think there'll be a new contract for Ryan Jack. Because you'd also, we hope that Steve Davis makes a full recovery and he's back again. But but maybe if Steve Davis isn't getting a new deal for for whatever reason, losing that experience yeah, of Steve Davis and Ryan Jack, they know the club, they know what's required week to week. You wouldn't want to lose that kind of experience and professionalism on and off the park from two senior players. Mark, I'm telling you right now, you cannot buy experience. You can't buy it. And people will say, oh, they're getting too old. Their legs aren't the same. Listen. They've got the brains, they've got the intelligence and when you lose experienced players and if that happens to Rangers in the summer if it's a case Alan McGregor hanging his gloves up and Stephen Davis maybe no going forward there'll be massive losses believe me when I say that there'll be massive losses so you need to always have an experienced group in that squad to help the other ones round about it OK, this is a Go Radio football show. I'm Mark Guidi. I'm in the company of Barry Ferguson and Stephen McGinn. If you want to get through to put your points, we're busy. We're busy, busy, busy tonight. There's so much going on. Big card tomorrow as well. You can get through to the guys on 0808 17 17 700 and we'll join you after the break. The Go Radio football show with Macklin Motors. Book your service, MOT or repair online today at macklinmotors.co.uk. Let's go! Thanks very much, Chris, for the travel. Keeping us up to date across Glasgow. Glasgow and the West he's also producing tonight Chris he's doing a wee bit of everything he's taking the calls he's looking like a man very very calm considering the circumstances Paul Cooney is away for the weekend he's taking a well deserved break and I am Matt Guidi hosting tonight in Paul's absence and delighted to see joined by Barry Ferguson and Steve McGinn the headline so far Ryan Porteous has agreed to join Watford a deal from Hibernian believed to be in the region around £500,000 plus significant add-ons. Kevin Nisbet, Hibernian, has not backed Millwall and he has decided to stay 
at Easter Road for the time being. Over at Rangers, they play St Johnston tomorrow. Yanis Hadji is back in the squad after a year out and Todd Cantwell, the new signing from Norwich City, is in the squad for the game tomorrow against Callum Davidson's team. At Celtic, they play on Sunday. They're away to Tannadice, a venue that they won 9-0 earlier in the season ultimately helped cause Jack Ross his job there they're now under Liam Fox and Celtic have a new signing two and a half million pound striker Hyogi Oh is in the squad and expected to play some part at some stage for the league leaders Barry when we look we'll look at the card a bit more closely later on uh, in the programme but when you see it let's touch on it um, Hibs Steve McGinn's, one of Steve McGinn's former clubs, Aberdeen, managed by Jim Goodwin, who Stephen also has uh, been playing alongside uh, at St Mirren and managed him as as well. Easter Road tomorrow, Lee Johnson feeling the pressure, Jim Goodwin absolutely feeling the pressure. How do you think that one's going to go? Without giving, don't give us your result, but just give us a wee flavour of what you think in terms of the pressure on both managers. Well, there'll, there'll be a lot of nerves about the place. That that's for sure. Both sets of fans. In terms of, I've gone about Aberdeen, and I, I wrote about it in my column. I, I looked at the the statement that came out, and I thought it was poor, Mark. If I'm being honest with you, um, they're giving them until Saturday to see how that result goes. I, I'm being honest, my honest opinion, I think Jim Goodwin's still a very good young manager. Um, he's had a tough time, no doubt about it, since coming back off the World Cup break, getting put out against Rangers, bad loss against Hearts and obviously the biggest cup shock in my time, certainly against Dardo, but I would have liked to have come out and Aberdeen to come out and give him a bit more support. If they weren't going to give him support, then let him go and try and get a, a new manager. Um, so, in the terms of Hibs, again, they've been up and down this season, but still both clubs, for albeit they've had tough seasons, Hibs more than Aberdeen, in my opinion, they still get every chance of getting fourth place. I know Livingston are in the, the hunt for that fourth place. For me, Hearts are, are definitely going to finish third. But I think there'll be a lot of nerves about Easter Road. Um, and I think it's... Um, I think it'll be a nervy game as I said I think it'll be a good game I think there'll be goals in it um, there'll be mistakes there'll be flash points um, so for me that, that's a game of the weekend at Easter Road We're going to get a Celtic call on the line Callum who's going to speak about his club but before we do Stephen get your take on it um, first of all Jim Goodwin someone that you know well what do you think of what's happened to him in the, in the past four or five days? Uh, well, I totally agree with Barry I thought two things needed to happen one, the handshake, thanks for everything, not really working out, all the best for the future. Or, I want to keep you, we're building something here, I know the work you do in the background, I've got full faith in you. No matter what happens from now to end of the season, I've got, you've got my backing. Um, I just think, I think he, they're well capable of going and winning that game tomorrow, harshly labelled El Sacchio on Twitter. Um, I think they could win that tomorrow, but then what happens if they don't win against St Martin on Tuesday? What if they win both of them and then they don't win against Motherwell the following Saturday? At what point does immediate? Do you know what I mean it? Just yeah. it felt a bit. It felt a bit messy and unnecessary statement. And um, I, I don't know what kind of position that puts Jim Goodwin in with his players. They, they'll be asking the same question. What does immediate mean? What does that mean if we don't win on Saturday? Well, I mean, what if Hibs go two 0 up? Aberdeen have ten men and they dig out a two each. 
and the right fighting right to the death for him. Like, what what does that mean? Does that mean he loses his job? So, so many grey areas with it. Uh, I didn't agree with it, but Hibs as well. I mean, obviously losing Ryan Porteous. Not sure if Kevin Nisbet's available tomorrow. Um, they've lost a lot of players this window. Um, I think it's as Barry said, both in touch and distance for fourth. But it's been a horror run for for both since the World Cup and. Uh, huge game a game of massive importance and nerves uh, tomorrow and as you say it's going to look a little bit brighter for the winners tomorrow when you look at the league table but there's still so much much more questions and answers about both clubs But the, the thing about the statement for me Barry is one of the lines in it where, where it said you know the senior players are, are still behind the managers it was almost as if they've, they've, they've consulted mm-hmm. uh, the board Dave Cotton have consulted with, with senior players about it what did, what did you make a I just thought the full statement. I just I looked at it and I thought, wow, what's Jim? What's Jim Goodwin actually? Think about the the statement. No, I I know Jim would just be professional and say, right, do you know what? I'm focusing on Saturday. I'm going to try and get my team playing a certain way. Make sure training's high tempo. But I just I just couldn't believe when I seen this the, the, the statement. It's either the case of what Stephen says, shake his hand and say thanks. We're going to go down a different route. Or come out and say, do you know what? We are going to take this. We we are convinced that Jim Goodwin is going to take this this club forward. Um, I'm just going back ten days or so ago, or even a bit longer than that. I watched the semi final of the League Cup, Rangers against Aberdeen, and look, Rangers deserve to win the game, but I thought Aberdeen made a fist there. I thought Aberdeen players were playing for Jim. The crazy sending off by the captain um, was. Uh, was a, a big moment in the game. I'm not saying that would have helped Aberdeen to maybe get through, but I thought Rangers did um, deserve to, to get through. But just the, the statement, I just what, what's going on up there? I'm sure the Aberdeen, I actually seen Sky Sports up there and they were interviewing a few of the, the fans and they were all with the same comments that me and Stephen are saying. Yeah. Oh, what, what's going on? We don't understand the, the statement. Are we going to back him? Are we going to get behind him? So it's a big one on Saturday. And as I said, don't be surprised if Aberdeen get down Easter Road and, and won the game. Yeah. We'll get your take, Stephen, on uh, Darvel. It's been a big week for them, for Mick Kennedy uh, and the players. Obviously, Falkirk going there, you're there in the next round for a place in the quarterfinal. But before we do that, we're going to go on the lines. We're going to speak to Callum, who is a Celtic supporter. He's dialed 0808 17 17 700. Good evening, Callum. Good evening, guys. Um... Well, the thing I kind of wanted to talk about was just the, the transfer business at Celtic. Um, ordinarily, when you lose two players and Yakimakis, who looks as if he's going to go and Juranovic, who obviously is away, you would be maybe worried as a, as a supporter. But I think the way Ange Postacoglu seems to get players in the door before he allows players to go out is, uh, for me, is, is refreshing. It shows that there is a real plan at Celtic, and I think that's been the case, particularly after the first summer window of Ange, where it was a bit hectic, where he had to build the squad, that he seems to have an idea of who he wants, and when he gets them, then he's, he's, he's happy to let others leave, which I think, as I say, is refreshing. Stephen, are you quite happy with the way the, the manager's conducted his business at Celtic? Yeah, uh, very, very forward-thinking. I think that's Celtic fans get frustrated over the last few years that they weren't more like this. I also think Ange has obviously um, been Australian uh, knowing the, the kind of Asian market obviously working in Japan he has huge respect for it he knows it uh, a lot better than a lot of us over here 
and I think it's a it's a type of market with that and the, and obviously the MLS with Alistair Johnson as well but you're trying to target markets that English uh, clubs aren't into I mean you even have, only have to look at Sky Sports News with some of the figures dotted along that yellow line 45 millions and 60 millions clubs our clubs are having to target these markets that are untapped from the English we don't have the money to compete can you can you get these boys before they come the 20, 25 million it's always been Celtic's business plan they've spoke about this club and you've got to tip your hat off to them it is good business I mean Juranovic coming in 18 months later going for 7.5 rising up to 10 million and having Alistair Johnson who without being a total uh, like for like replacement looks steady enough and he looks slotted in really nicely Barry are you I mean are you we know you're not a Celtic man, but you're very, very fair uh, on the programme and, and you call it, um, as you see it, what do you think of Celtic's business so far and just in general, how Ange and the club go about it? I've said, I think, Postacoglu's recruitment process, um, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10, I'm not going to give it 10 out of 10. <laughs> but you, you can't um, not be impressed by it. Mm. It's um, A lot of these players that he's brought into Celtic I'm sure you are the same, didn't know anything about. Yep. And I'm not just meaning the Japanese players, I'm talking O'Reilly, for instance. Mm-hmm. MK Dons, one and a half million, who's been off the boil the last couple of weeks, but he's been a fantastic signing. And just in general terms, yep, he's um, yeah, very impressive, no doubt about it. Juranovic, for me, was a very good right back. They've trebled their money on that in a, a, a period of 18 months and they brought in a Canadian international who's just come back for the World Cup Alistair Johnson who for me looks another very good right back get thrown into the, the Lions den at Ibrox and I thought he coped with it really well and um, he looks very athletic he looks like an Ange, an Ange player so that's me just using that as an example yep. but overall yep he's um, you can see why the Celtic fans are loving him because of the the quality player that he's brought in. Um, and normally you don't get your recruitment 100%, but he's no far away for that. Okay, I'm going to ask for yourselves, uh, for your own takes on deadline day, uh, drama, whether you were involved in anything last minute yourselves or any teammates, any good stories. I know you guys have a good one, so don't miss that um, when we come back after the, the news at six. But before we go into the to the break, just to get your view, uh, would you like to see any other signings or is there anything that you would have identified for, for the summer? Callum, would you like to see and strengthen? I think um, heading into the summer, um, you'll probably see Celtic look to target a new goalkeeper. Um, I know Joe Hart's doing a good job and it's not because... I don't think he's good enough. I just think he's getting to that age where he's 37, 38. You need to be thinking about the future. Segrist, of course, is a is an able backup. Um, but I think longer term, that's a position that I think Celtic will target. Um, whether it's somebody to come in and maybe learn from, from Joe Hart and Segrist for another season or it's someone to come in and, and take that position right away. I've heard a few Celtic supporters yeah, saying this, this Barry, well. again, as I was just what was saying earlier about Alan McGill, there's a wee bit of a narrative with Joe Hart. Yeah, he's good, but he's not as as good as what we can get. I mean, is that for, why for me, Joe Hart's as as good as Celtic can get at the yeah, moment. Is, is, is that the reason because he's made a couple of mistakes in Europe with the way that Celtic want to play out for the back? Um, he's made a, a, a couple of mistakes there. The old fun game at Ibrox where he makes a, a great save off, I think it's Ryan Kent, yeah. when he makes a mistake. Um, for me, I, I say it when Celtic yeah. were signing Joe Hart there was a few people saying oh, I, I think he's finished believe me I've played with the guy I've seen him day in day out I know that was 10 years ago I've seen the way he trained 
I seen what type of personality he had and character. And for me, I don't know if you could get better than Joe Hart, if I'm being honest with you. I think Segrist is a, a very good goalkeeper, by the way. That was a good mm -hmm. bit of business. But for me, Joe Hart's a, a top goalkeeper. But they're in the spotlight non-stop. If they make a mistake, it's highlighted straight away because they're a, a goalkeeper. But I don't know if you could get better than Joe Hart. If you were wanting to get better than Joe Hart, you would need to spend millions. Stephen, people better than Joe Hart, there's... There's no many out there and, and certainly with the great suspects within Celtic's budget, not unless Ange has got somebody up his sleeve like we said, you know, in the goal position, a Jota and a Bada, a Hatati, somebody that we've, we've not really heard of that we're unaware of. Yeah, well you're always, I mean, Joe Hart's been an unbelievable signing. Um, obviously Celtic have had good goalkeepers, back Fraser Foster and a couple of different spells was excellent but the grass isn't always greener. I mean, uh, Barkas on paper looked the part, AEK Athens goalkeeper, Greece goalkeeper and comes in and is an absolute disaster. So, um, what I would say is, Benji Seagrist is potentially in the John McLaughlin mould. I'm not sure if he is Joe Hart's long-term replacement. At some point, Celtic are going to have to discuss how long can Joe Hart keep playing at this top level and is Benji Seagrist the, the right man to, to replace him? OK, great call there. Thanks for that, Callum. You can join us in the Go Radio Football Show. I'm Mark Goody, delighted to see you here with Barry Ferguson and Stephen McGinn. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to get through to the guys. And remember, we're going to get some cracking tales about them from Deadline Day Drama. Join us after the break. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Find your nearest dealership at macklinmotors.co.uk Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom now open on Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. Let's go! Welcome back to the second hour of the Go Radio Football Show. I'm Mark Guidi, delighted to see you joined tonight by Barry Ferguson and Stephen McGinn. If you want to get through to the guys, we're busy, busy, busy. 0808 17 17 700 or on the socials at the usual channels, or you can send in a message to at Go Football Show. You can text in to go at 87474. We are in association with Macklin Motors. Headlines tonight, Ryan Portes has joined Watford. He has left to burning a deal worth around £500,000. Plus add-ons, Kevin Nisbet has knocked back Millwall and decided to stay with Hibernian down south, couple of big stories. Newcastle have agreed a fee with Everton of forty-five million pounds for Anthony Gordon. So that's breaking news down there. We expect Sean Dyche to get the Everton job if it's not already been confirmed. And some news as well, just in Barry, you've got some breaking news for us about a St Johnson player ahead of their visit to Rangers to Ibrox tomorrow. Yes, yeah, Stevie Mays just signed a, a two and a half year extension. Um got a bonus with you, Mark. Um he's he's been really good for St Johnson this year. Um probably have you asked Stephen me himself, his form wasn't great last year, but listen, he's certainly come on to a game. And I think him and Nicky Clark, when they've played with each other, 
I think they've struck up a real good um, partnership um, and that's been key to St Johnson having a better season this season than they did um, last season so that's a good bit of news for the St Johnson fans uh, Stephen it's always good as well Stephen May has had a, a lot of serious um, injuries throughout his career but it's always good to see someone bouncing back and, and being appreciated by a, by, by a club and giving a, a new deal Just yeah no I'm delighted for him as Barry said I think he, his levels maybe dipped a bit last season but I've got him down as St Johnson's player of the year so far and I was a wee bit disappointed with St Johnson not having the um, May Clark partnership last Saturday. I think I thought it worked really well against Rangers that last year in Perth. Mm. Um, so I, I was a wee bit surprised with that, but delighted and, and fair play to St Johnson. I mean, the club legend now, Stephen May, been really successful there, and they've given him a big extension, and he can relax and enjoy the rest of his, his time there. A wee uh, a testimonial. Maybe. Could well be, yeah. He might could be on well the committee there, yeah. Mark. Could well be. He's got a double double <laughs> service before his his time down south at Preston and Sheffield uh, Wednesday. Before we get to your deadline day drama, your own stories of it, Barry, what do you make £45 million Newcastle agreed a fee with Everton for Anthony... Um, forgotten Gordon. Gordon. Anthony Gordon. Yep. What do you make of that? Um, I think it's a hell of a lot of money, I've been honest with you. Um, but the money down, down south, it's some of the... The signings and the transfer fees um, are just um, crazy for me. Look, I, I've seen him a few times for Everton and I've got to be honest with you, Matt, I don't know if Stephen agrees, he's not really stood out for me when I've, I've seen Everton, Everton play. So for Everton to get that amount of money, um, I think it's a, a real good bit of business because he's come through the, the, the system there. There's no doubt he's got potential, but that's what Newcastle are paying, the £45 million potential. Sean Dice probably going to get it good this and I think it's just about it's, it's all but, but done um, Stephen you're well aware of, of, of Sean Dice how do you think he'll do and will he keep them up? Yeah well I, th- I thought it was a no-brainer at the time I thought um, obviously with, with everything going on um, Sean was uh, Malcolm McKay's assistant when I, when I signed down there and he, and he took on the role of management uh, manager and I just he, he's got such a no excuses no noise, no nonsense way of managing. He'll have them really organised and he'll keep them tight knit, ignore the noise outside, but us against the world. And and I think he, I thought it was a no brainer that to, to keep them up. As in terms of the the fees, it's a bit inconsistent as well. It's, how can Man City have only paid five million odd more for uh, Haaland? When you <laughs> think of forty five million for Anthony Gordon, you just it, it doesn't make sense. Something I think something's gonna be a bit more money than sense at times, didn't they? Okay, right, good for you. See, we'll, we'll play that down the road. Uh, <laughs> Barry, what do you make of the Sean Dice? Do you think you'll keep Everton up? Yep, yep. I, I, I think it was a, a no brainer, same as Stephen just says there. When Frank Lampard um, lost his job, uh, that was the name that, that came to me straight away. Um, look, look, just look at the job he done at Burnley. Kept him in the Premier League for six seasons. Um, before he, he lost his job halfway through last season um, he looks to me if he's a no-nonsense manager he's the type of manager when I, I watch him on the TV or I listen to him speak I think to myself I would have liked to have played under Aye, him Yeah, that that's the vibe I, I get from him um, and it looks to me with the, watching his teams they've got a real togetherness real good team spirit so I think it's a brilliant appointment by Everton and I think we are pointing Sean Dyche. I think Everton will, will stay it's, up. 
it's not even just that he's been relegated with Burnley and taking them straight back up as yeah. well so if the disaster happens at Everton drop out the league he has got experience of mm-hmm. bringing the team back up as well So, and he's when he was at Burnley probably the lowest budget yeah. easily in the Premier League yeah. and he did keep him in for a, a number of years so I, I think it's a, a no-brainer um, with Everton bringing Sean Dyson the mad world of managers before we go into your deadline day stories two things just want to ask you on quickly because it's a Scottish manager Duncan Ferguson getting his first crack at it at Forest Green Rovers and then on the flip side Colo Turi sacked after 59 days in charge nine games oh, wicked. who'd be a, who'd, who'd be uh, a manager well, you've been one but who'd be a manager back? yeah crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got to be um, crazy it's, a, it's a, just a crazy world football management I mean nine games in charge six losses three draws and he's lost his job and he probably had a great job at Leicester under mm. Brendan Rodgers he's took the he's took the opportunity to go out himself um, Wigan were struggling anyway when he yeah. went there I think they were one of the favourites at the start of the season to go down but 59 days what's he meant to do in 59 days mm. Sean Maloney linked with it former yeah. Wigan player i seen that Sean Maloney played there um, had a real good t- I think he won the League Cup there correct me if I'm wrong FA Cup with Roberto Martinez's team yep that's it um, so yep Sean had a difficult time at Hibs no doubt about it but He's been open and honest, he's keen to get back in. Um, and yeah, I've seen Sean Maloney's name name linked to with, with Wigan. And listen, I played at Wigan, it's a lovely stadium. It's more of a rugby mm-hmm. town, but um listen, it's a job I'm sure Sean Maloney would be interested in. We'll get both your takes on it, Barry. You first. Big dunk. How do you think he's going to do? Forest Green, bottom of League One. Mm-hmm. He's got a he's got a right job in his hands. Well, he was desperate to be a manager, he mm-hmm. was open and honest about that. Just wondering if he'll become vegan. Um, <laughs> that's what I was eating vegan yeah. burgers yesterday already yeah, yeah. I, I look at Big Dunk I think he's a stinking chips man isn't he <laughs> yeah so it'll be interesting to see but listen it's great that again well thought of if you listen to Everton players from um, present to past who have worked under him have loved working under him um, when he was a coach he took over his caretaker manager and he done really well um, so he, he made he took the, the jump to go out to a club that he loved and he's a he's a hero down at Everton let's not kid ourselves on and he was wanting to be a manager himself he's took the the job at Forest Green as you say he's bought me a league one it's a tough gig but I hope he goes there and does a a real good job how do you think he'll do Stephen? yeah well I mean it's hard to tell when he's taking the jump to to being a manager but I don't think being a club legend keeps him at a club besides Everton eh, for as long as he has without being a good coach good relationship with players good relationship with staff so all the best I mean it's a club obviously you get a few ex-teammates in the team there's five Scots in the squad so it's a club you can ha- keep an eye on and um, I'm sure you just hope that he goes in hits the ground running obviously bottom of the league can only go one way so uh, all the best to him I can guarantee you one thing mm-hmm. the players will not mess about with Big <laughs> for sure well, he's got but he, he looks as though now that he's, that he's matured as well he channels all that energy all that mm. fire in the right way doesn't he yeah, he's got I, that look I, I like listening to him he's a passionate big guy yep. I mean you know what he's like as a player he was um, he was 100% he was a good player as well no big laugh. dunk you know what I mean people just look at the size of him he was a good near technically Oof. big dunk was really good a great first touch didn't he yeah he did he, he was he was very underrated um, in my eyes but it's good to see somebody get an opportunity it's, it's a hard gig um, but as I says, I hope he goes down there and, and does a fine job. Right. 
five minutes before we go to the next break I want to get your deadline day drama stories right now four days less than four days to the window closes there'll be a lot of players there'll be a lot of managers there'll definitely be a lot of agents out there sweating about trying to get deals over the lines as it gets down to the the wire Barry give us your own personal um, stories of, of of deadline day and, and waiting for moves or you know the all the kind of drama that's involved behind the scenes when you're a player trying to get something done um, when obviously Graham Soonis left Black, when I was at Blackburn at the time he left to go to Newcastle and Mark Hughes came in who to be honest with you I, I love playing under I mean he's coaching and his staff um, some of the best training I've had but I made a decision that um, I wanted to go whether that's was to another club or back up to Rangers Rangers made it clear that they wanted me to come back middle of January a couple of days in negotiation it was, wasn't was happening there was no way that we can't do the deal so it kind of settled in my mind right I'm not going to be coming back so it was another bit of interest for three or four clubs sorry to interrupt was, did Sunis want to take you in Newcastle? Yep. Uh, yeah. yep. that and must was, have been tempting yeah and there was another few clubs as well which was tempting but you know it's like when your boyhood club come calling again it's a pool growing up a, a Rangers fan and then the last couple of days of the window Rangers come back and says listen I think this can be done and I was like right I'm, I'm ready to ready to go for it everything was going well the day of the transfer deadline I never trained I started my route back up the road from Lytham where I was staying Lytham St Anne's um, I got to Penrith the deal was off I comes on off at Penrith goes back south about half an hour down the motorway it was back on and then I'm back up the motorway and I got to Gretna and it was off again and then I'm thinking to myself what am I going to do here so I, I went into Gretna services and I, I sat in the car for about an hour an hour and a half Tell you what, that's a tiring day for your chauffeur that is it no? <laughs> no believe me I was driving myself <laughs> and then eventually about I think it was about half five six o'clock now you've only got four hours uh-huh. five hours to the window close at eleven o'clock you've still got a medical everything to do I've still got a medical to do um, still agreed terms I hadn't even agreed um, contract terms it was just a fee it was agreed at six uh-huh. o'clock and then I had to go to Edinburgh they wanted me to go to Edinburgh because people were waiting at Glasgow you know the photographers yeah, and all that yeah. stuff so I had to go through to Edinburgh so I went for Gretna to Edinburgh had to go through the med- uh, the medical you go through the scans MRI scans because bear in mind I had a serious injury at, at Blackburn so my my knee gets scanned about 100 times to make sure it was it was um, 100% ready to go and then I get, I get um, through to the training centre and the deal get put through two minutes to 11 2 minutes that's how close it was to yep, not happen I, I was in half 10 and they were unsure whether the paperwork could get faxed put, put through into at time at that aye. time it was faxed yep. and um, they were unsure if it was going to happen I, I know but eventually at a couple of minutes to 11 it and was it was all go yep. so that was you back with Big Alec January 2005 yep. and then 5 months later it's Helicopter Sunday yeah I mean what, what, a season, what a finish to the season um, you couldn't ask for, for any better going hammer and tong us in, us in Celtic neck and neck all the way and then obviously you won it in the, the last what 5-10 minutes of the season so yeah it was definitely worth going up and down the motorway <laughs> Um five or six times but it is a worry at the back of your mind because after you telling Blackburn 
yeah. only one place I want to go. How would they have felt going back into the, the training ground? I, I would have probably get put with the the reses and and left to rot maybe for the, the last three or four months of the season. So I was just glad that it all worked out in the end. I tell you, I, I mean, I don't know Mark Hughes, but looking at him on the telly and, and, and the reputation he's got, he must have taken some bottle to go in and tell him that he wanted yeah, to go. Yeah, he, to be honest with you, I, as I said, that I loved playing under him, I loved his training, and it's just when Rangers made that contact with me halfway through January, it just turned my head. I went to see him, and to be fair to him, he says, look, I understand, because he had the pool with Manchester United, um, I think it was Barcelona, yeah, yeah. At, that, at that stage, he was in a similar situation, he says, look, I understand, I'll let you go, but I need to try and sign a, a replacement, and um, at that time, he, he got Robbie Savage, and, and once that deal got done, then that made it a bit easier between myself and, and Mark Hughes but he, he understood the situation he was respectful and I've got to be honest with you as I, I said Mark he was he was a brilliant manager to, he worked under a, a, his training he was just he was a throwback there was a mixture of modern and old school training um, and he was another one didn't want to get in, get in the, the wrong side of him because he was a, a hardy character Mark Hughes well, I could imagine Stephen what about yourself any deadline day drama a deadline day I used to tell my mum and dad to phone me if I was out number so I could <laughs> pretend to the boys there's my agent phone again I'm red hot uh, no I had, I had one it was a long winded one um, Nigel Clough the season the season I came back my second season at Sheffield United I came back I thought I really need to hit the ground running he's going to make a couple of signings here signed a big boy Chris Basham midfielder oh, guy called James Wallace I played Basham Blackpool. Blackpool. <laughs> what a career he's been on to have but at the time James Wallace was injured all pre-season and Chris Basham hadn't hit the ground running um, and uh, I'd had a good pre-season done all my work I thought I'd been good in all the pre-season friendlies and um, Nigel Clough met him on the stairs and I thought he's about to tell me I'm starting here as I walked past him on the stairs he said uh, oh by the way son uh, you need to find a new club you know play here again so, uh, just like that just like that yeah so but I stuck it I mean Sheffield United I thought I'd done okay for him the previous year I thought I'll stick at it it's a big club big big thing to give up played a couple of cup games thought I'd done okay he stick at it and he gets to near January time and yeah some of your Saturday mornings some of my Saturday mornings with another couple of players uh, Neil Collins and Chris Porter we were training with the kids some Saturday yeah. mornings and some of these kids have went on to I mean Aaron Ramsdale Oof, David yeah. Brooks Dominic Calvert-Lewin but yeah. at the time they were 15, 16 year olds you're thinking what am I doing here so uh -huh. really generally though was it, was it depressing mentally to, really really tough to cope with aye it's tough but at the same time you're trying to you're trying to make sure that you're, it's not breaking you you're mm -hmm. trying to make sure that it's that you're in the right place I mean I made that decision I probably in hindsight I should have maybe went in August but I just couldn't give it up Chef United I wanted to give myself club. every chance to get back in yep. and I played, I played quite well in a couple of cup games but I mean by the time that time back, Big Bash had come into a bit of form and it just it wasn't to be but so I, I had a few options in England but Paul Hartley had, uh, my brother Paul was playing in that team you know the good side uh, Kevin Thompson Paul McGowan yeah uh, Greg Stewart there was a good side of competing for the top six and Paul Hartley had contacted me through my brother a couple of times and I was tempted but at the same time you're thinking if I maybe if I got up to Dundee I'm potentially done in England so I had a few options and I I mean you're speaking about it my, my wife my, she wasn't my wife at the time but she's got a job down there we had a nice house we had a nice we had a nice circle of friends and teammates and we enjoyed we were enjoying our life and 
it's a lot to give up so I thought there's a couple of maybe options that we need to move and eventually I came in one morning Friday morning and I, just, and I just thought nah this is it I'm just going to Dundee play with Paul try and get the top six and that day I mean that, that is, it's the kind of nature of football I went home and said to Ashley that day I said look you're going to need to hand your notice in go to Dundee and Paul Hartley wants me to play tomorrow so I think this was I can't remember it was not long before the end of the I remember driving up I never stepped foot in that flat in Sheffield ever again that was I packed the car we packed that car in a couple of hours Paul Hartley says look I'm going to put you on the bench but you know if I need you and need you I'll put you on I said look I've not played in months like, I've been doing Saturday mornings with the kids um, I'm driving up five six hours in the car uh, and the next day Kevin Thompson went off injured at half time and uh, I came on as a sub and I was probably at fault for the Hamilton goal <laughs> Greg Stewart bailed me out with a wonder goal we draw one each and we made the top six and I enjoyed my spell up there but it just that kind of nature of just football and, and those decisions you need to make yeah it's ruthless you, you see manage like you're just saying you met him in the staircase listen you're, you're done here you're finished your career's finished at Sheffield United it's, just, it's ruthless at times people don't see that that side of it and as it's it's mentally tough even when you know when I was moving, see just that four-hour period or five-hour period where you don't know where you're going to go. You've got a wife, you've got kids. You need to think about them. There's loads of things that need to come into consideration. And that's what the side that people don't see. Brilliant, thanks for that. Barry and Stephen, great insight there into the deadline day. Dramas, a lot of players, managers, agents, chairman will be feeling over the next few days we're on the Go Radio Football Show if you want to get through to Barry or Stephen 0808 17 17 700 we'll join you after the break The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors book your service MOT or repair online today at macklinmotors.co.uk Let's go Thanks very much Chris for keeping us up to date across the Glasgow and the West on the Go Radio Football Show I'm Mark Guidi and for Paul Cooney tonight he's having a wee weekend away with the family we to watch some Rugby, I believe, um, Barry, he'll be enjoying himself and yeah. getting well looked after, I would imagine. Yep, yeah, I think it's his nephew, plays with Ulster, correct me if I'm wrong yeah, there. professional, so, yep. Yep, so Paul's away over with his son there, um, enjoying the hospitality, I'm sure, and we'll get the stories in, in Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will be delighted, we're looking forward uh, to that. In the final 20 minutes of the show, when we come back after the next break, we will look at the six fixtures this weekend for tomorrow Hibs v Aberdeen Rangers v St Johnson Ross County v Comanox St Mirren v Motherwell and two on Sunday it's a back-to-back live on Sky Livingston v Hearts and Dundee United v Celtic and you Stephen will touch on it uh, you're against Edinburgh tomorrow uh, away from home and I suppose every game now he's are going for promotion very much in, in your sights but the Davo game the Scottish Cup tie live on the telly giant killers the, the previous round that must be really um, whetting the appetite inside Falkirk yeah well, uh, obviously I watched the game thought Davo were excellent um, I, th- I thought Aberdeen were a wee bit unlucky with the offside call obviously but I mean when the draw comes out y- you automatically think Aberdeen are going to come through the tie you think about I mean the psychology of going up there and trying to keep it tight and, and hurt them in the break and stuff like that and all of a sudden Davo go and produce that result and then for both of us for ourselves and Davo I mean what an opportunity it is to get to the quarterfinal of the Scottish Cup um, it's not it's not what we set out to do at the start of the season the priority was to get Falkirk out of this league um, but when when the draw opens up like that you, you've got to give it your best shot But I know you've, you've spoken about it on, on Wednesday night Barry with Mick Kennedy uh, on the show but now it's been an extra couple of days to, to digest it it's, it's a hell of an achievement 
the, the, the biggest shock <clears throat> in the Scottish Cup for me no doubt about it we, we all watched the game and uh, I was so impressed with Darville certainly the first half performance um, the way they played the ball about um, got the ball in the deck played it in the right manner defended for their lives it, it was a brilliant game to watch I, I really enjoyed it and um, I thought they thoroughly deserved um, to, to get through watching interviews after it obviously Mick was um, over the moon and so he should be uh, the full of Darville I think we're at the game mm-hmm. um, and I, again I'll go back to Aberdeen I really liked Jim Goodwin's interview after it because mm-hmm. he was clearly disappointed clearly shocked and they, they went on to speak about what Stephen says there about, about the offside he's like that. yeah he should have counted but that's me clutching at straws mm-hmm. Darville thoroughly deserved their win and I thought that was a wee bit of class and um, and Stephen will know Falkirk going down to Darville it's, it's going to be a, a tough one but one thing they're guaranteed is a, a brilliant playing surface so impressed with the playing surface we, we were watching the League Cup games the previous week at Hamden our national stadium and the pitch was an absolute disaster and you go to Darville west of Scotland top of the league um, six tier Scottish football and their pitch was at a bowling green. So credit to Darville for that and credit to Darville for um, thoroughly deserving going through into the next round to play Falkirk. Now we know the captain of Falkirk sitting beside you in the studio, but bearing in mind, we can clearly see Mick's a very good coach, mm-hmm. good motivator. You look at the quality of the players that they've got. I mean, I think before the game, he singled out one or two that, that, that came up chumps for him. John Kapatch, I think, at the goal. Um, didn't he um, thought McShane in the middle of the pitch was yeah, really McShane good as well the Meggett, experience that he's got Meggett um, at the back um, left sided centre half the goalkeeper but to be fair the 11 of them were, were, were in top of their, their game and I think they had to be in top of their game um, to make sure that they, they get through into the next round because they had probably a lot of nerves because um, what, what you're thinking is you don't want to come up against a Premier League team and get thumped Mm-hmm. but I just thought they played with confidence and they had belief yeah. that was the biggest thing and that's down to, to Mick and the staff and of course at the interview at half time with the, with the chairman John Gall didn't he put any pressure on me he said well we've got another two or three goals <laughs> in, the, in the second half it was a great interview I, I see this question did Darville start not be interested to see what the bookies odds are did Darville start slight favourites home yeah. advantage and all that yeah. against you guys Stephen yeah well after the performance against Aberdeen it would be interesting to, to see uh, what, what price are because I, I think somebody says to me they were 40 to 1 to win uh, the game against Aberdeen uh, but Stephen will know Stephen watched the game and I'm sure all the Falkirk players and the management team would have watched it they know they're in for a, a toughing down there but as I says, one good thing about it is they're going to play on a real good surface that that does make a difference Do you genuinely Steve, I know you'd, you'd rather be the underdogs it takes the pressure off you etc etc but do you think that you that in terms of the supporters the media etc etc everybody outside of Falkirk might have you expecting another sort of giant killing here oh I, I mean you know as soon as that game gets moved to the Monday night everyone's going to be watching looking for Davo to bring the same performance and to take another scalp um, and as I said I mean I, I, listen I'm not going to play against a team these boys aren't three and four levels below mm-hmm. our boys I, I won the championship playing alongside Ian McShane uh-huh. Ian McShane's a right good player he he was a coup for them to get he, he wouldn't look out of place at any team in League One so we know the quality of player we're playing against um, 
and just you, you know that the, the carrots there honestly it's just these these cup it's the magic of the cup that is really I mean I, I was convinced I was playing Aberdeen you're going yeah. to play Aberdeen and you've, you've got a shot to nothing going up there it's going to be really tough but for ourselves in Davo what an opportunity it is to get to the quarter final honestly and, and I know it's a saying you are only two games for Hamden but it is I mean True, yeah. who's to say I mean you don't want to jinx it and say who you might get but when you look at some of the other ties left it's not you win this tie and then you go to Celtic Park or Ibrox in the next round it can open up again with a favourable home tie and you just never know OK we'll definitely look forward to it as you say live on the telly on the Monday night 13th of February Stephen is that right? Monday oh, 13th yeah. of, live. of of February live live on the telly yeah, but do, do you know can I just say that the pyramid system it just shows you the, the, the ambition of some of the clubs in that pyramid um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean I've done it with Kelty I mean they they had good um, good board um, a good chief exec who put his money where his mouth is um, and there was a lot made of Darvo oh, they're spending this and spending that but look at the difference look at the facility they've got I mean the, the dressing room before it yeah. I mean, it was like pr- Premier League Aye. standard the surface and the infrastructure they're trying to build something and you know what I'm all for that fair play to them you think it's, it's, it's great having money having a, a budget but you've got to spend it wisely yep. doesn't he guarantee anything yep and do you know what he, he's, he spent it wisely in terms of good experience but they're still hungry these boys mm-hmm. they still want to do well they still look after themselves it's easy going down and earning a, a, a couple of quid at, at that level and just saying ah, do you know what it's just a kick about with my mates no but it's serious mm-hmm. you can tell it's serious at Darvo they want to do it right and I think um, I think it's brilliant to see clubs with that ambition trying to get through the, the pyramid don't be surprised in a few years if you, you see Darvo in, in the league system We've got four minutes to the next break and I know Stephen McGinn is keen to get in the next ad break Barrett because he wants you to just tap into your experience about organising bonuses for big cup games you've got big chats ahead with, with Falkirk about that but we'll leave that for the break you two can speak privately we'll be very busy on the socials tonight we'll give you a recap of the headlines before we go and after the break we will speak about the six games tomorrow but here's one in the socials Joe from Hillhead has been on does the panel think that Jordan Larson Henrik's son could ever come and play for Celtic it appears to be that he's now going to be leaving Schalke um, over in Germany um, do you think that is ever going to be a possibility or is the fact that his dad is a legend at the club the weight of the name would make it too difficult for, for Jordan to ever go and play at Celtic Barry yeah I, I do believe that I mean his dad Henry I played against him a number of times and he was a phenomenal player unbelievable when we used to come up against Celtic um, they had top players in my mind but he was the one that you had to make sure you, you, you stopped and I think it would be in terms of the young man comes it would well that's Henrik Larson's son I think the, the, the boy's just trying to make a career himself and I think he's he's doing it in the right way What do you think of that Stephen the possibility of Jordan Larson ever going to Celtic? I think if he's ever made available like like just now I think he'll be associated with Celtic the, the, the link come Celtic fans the dream this situation that they're going to get another couple of years of a Larson scoring goals for Celtic but yeah, I agree with Barry. I think it's best for him. I mean, he's he's doing well in his own right. Just just keep chopping along, chopping along and getting goals for in your own right. Because I think he's worked hard at his career. If you look at the, the different moves that he's had, and then was it Spartak Moscow? Was that yeah. in Russia? And he was he was potentially been like, like valued at, at twenty million 
Mm-hmm. Tell you, it was obviously it was a Celtic's price ranger. There's a, a player ago. in there. There's no doubt he's, he's a good player. But if you're talking about levels, his dad was top level. Mm. That that's the problem he's got. Um, and I just think it's sometimes better to to go and try and make a name elsewhere, different for where your obviously dad's been because he, he was an icon, one of the best ever mm-hmm. to play with Celtic. I think he would agree with that. And I was. Um, I was close up watching him um, and he had everything and look when he left Celtic he went on Barcelona Manchester United um, yeah but I think a young man's going about it the right way would he there was talk when, when, when he was at Spart- Spartak Moscow that Celtic were maybe interested in him but I just think if he came to Scotland it would all be about his dad and I don't think that's fair on the boy um, Henrik Larson Steve you'd have grown up watching Henrik a, a number of times for Celtic Barry says probably the best in, in the modern day era would you agree with that? Yeah and I think it's probably in the current way football's going the last time that Scotland will be able to keep a world class, class player for seven years uh, out of the clutches of teams like Man United and Barcelona I think and if the next Henrik Larson was to sign for Celtic if O is the next Henrik Larson uh, and he has the same performance level and scores the same amount of goals I don't think they, they'll be shy and come big offers so uh, it was an absolute privilege to have him in the country and as, as you say best Celtic player in my lifetime Do you know what stands out for me like, when you play against top players the top players it's when, when um, obviously you've got to mark them closely and don't give them much space and I, I remember a number of times big Craig Moore big Oz you know it was like he was a centre back but tough uh-huh. and he would like Get through him, no try to hurt him, but uh-huh. just be tough and let him know he was there. Uh-huh. I've never seen him moan. Yeah. yeah. Always just stood up and that it used to annoy me. <laughs> I used to think, you know what I mean? You, you try to get him a bit agitated uh-huh. or Rail. something. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. No matter what you'd done, um, you just jumped up and, and got on with it. And I found that when I played against the top players, that was one thing. If you try to like get on get on their nerves a wee bit, they just brushed it aside and concentrated on the game. Lovely, a nice tribute there to Henrik Larson. We're on the Go Radio Football Show. We are coming back after the break and we'll look at the six fixtures over the weekend in the SPFL Premiership. We are on 0808 17 17 700 and you can join us right after the break. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Choose and reserve your next used car online today for a fully refundable £99. Let's go! Thanks very much, Chris. Thanks for all your help tonight. You've been absolutely different class. It was a long time coming, but it's been worth the wait. We're on the Go Radio Football Show tonight with Barry Ferguson and Stephen McGinn. If you want to get through, you can dial 0808 17 17 700. He's been brilliant, hasn't he? He's he has. Been a wee bit aggressive towards the end there because I think you ran over and uh, he was... Oh, I get, was, my, I get my wrist slapped. I wrote, I I just, wrist do you know slapped. what? I write, I, I, wrote, I, write it, I wrote it down. Um uh, it's the first wee bit of aggression I've seen with Chris over the last couple of years but I quite like that side of him I don't mind a wee bit of fiery so you like that Stephen wee bit of, wee bit of fire in the Aye. belly yep. good okay here we are we're into the last 50 minutes I'm very conscious of the time now I don't want to get oh. my, my other wrist slapped right we've got the six games and I think you said Barry at the top of the show it's hard to see past the burning in, in Aberdeen. It is an absolute cracker at Easter Road. Stephen, you all know all about that, the Hibs fans. Easter Road is going to be absolutely bouncing tomorrow. Before we get to your predictions on that game, just first of all, what kind of travelling support 
do you think Aberdeen's going to you think they're still going to be in a huff yeah. a bit dejected or do you think they're actually going to come out in their numbers and get right behind Jim and the team I think they'll uh, fill the full stand do they, get the, they do get the full stand don't they behind the goal I think it's available yeah. if they want it yeah, yeah. I, I, I think in general Aberdeen fans do travel in numbers um, so yeah but I'm sure that they'll they'll um, they'll pack that stand behind the goal out, and as I said, I think there'll be a lot of nerves. I think it'll be a cagey start, Mark. If I'm being uh-huh. honest with you, um, but I, I do see there's there's going to be a few goals in it, a few flash points, and um, it'll be a cracking game to watch. That mm-hmm. two two of them need to need to get a result, so they need to come out and and be in the front foot and make sure they get the three points. Is it as cut and dried? Uh, very similar to the West Ham Everton game last weekend down south if there is a loser tomorrow is that potentially going to cost the losing manager his job I don't think in terms of Hibs mm-hmm. what worries me is the Aberdeen statement in terms of Jim um, if he goes down there and, and loses the way that the statement came out was well, doing it game by game see how you go on Saturday which mm-hmm. I thought was um, was been disrespectful to, to Jim um, so yeah, but I think that's the way it looks to me. If Aberdeen lose, I think they'll they may part ways with, with Jim Goodwin. Um, in terms of Hibs, I think Lee Johnson will get a bit of extra time um, to see how they finish out the season. To see if they can get that fourth place because fourth place is up for grabs between Aberdeen, Hibs, and Livingston for me. Prediction, Barry. I'm going to get, go Hibernian one, Aberdeen two. Big one, that's a big call. I like that, it's a big call. Stephen, we know that Ryan Portis is away, your former teammate. He's going to Watford tonight. £500,000 move. Plus add-ons, Kevin Nisbet has not backed Millwall. He's decided to stay, although we expect there might be a bit more interest in him between now and Tuesday night. First question from me to you. Uh, Kevin Nisbet, will he start tomorrow or do you think that the, 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 the transfer stuff will, will have uh, affected him in any way? Well, it will definitely affect him. Um... I think he's the type of boy to be fair to him I think I mean there was a lot of stuff went on with the Birmingham uh, City move a couple of years ago and um, I know at the time obviously that was pretty close but he still played regularly while I was there throughout that time and, and still did himself justice so I expect if he's available to play tomorrow he'll play I mean if he doesn't because you're looking at the importance of the game for Hibs they're already missing obviously Ryan Portis away they're already missing Martin Boyle Kyle McGuinness a big player for them so mm-hmm. I've actually got the same score written down as Barry. I just think I don't think both defences have uh, been great this season, and I think Aberdeen just edge it. Ooh, Aberdeen Do you know what I was thinking? What you asked Stephen? I don't think you can take a risk, even if he's been away for a couple of days. Kevin does, but you you won't lose a lot of fitness mm-hmm. in a couple of days. I know mentally it might be a bit tough on him, but I think if Kevin Nisbet's available, even if he didn't train the day. You need to put them in that stamp. Even just for the Aberdeen dressing room, if they see Nisbet on the team sheet, they're thinking, we thought it was half a chance he might not play. Mm-hmm. That's same strengthened right away, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah, 100%. Okie dokie. Next game on, what have we got? Ross County against Kilmarnock. Bottom two sides, I think. Malky Mackay, again, Stephen, someone that you know well that signed you for, for Watford against Derek McInnes's Kilmarnock. Barry, your old teammate, uh, Derlin Charles there. Stephen, up in Dingwall, both teams really desperate for points. It's getting, it's getting quite tight the bottom there's now about five teams all within four or five uh, points of, of each other how do you see that going in Dingwall tomorrow? I think I think this will be really tight um, obviously Kilmarnock's weak, weak point this season has been in their way for him 
I think it's a much more of a must-win game for Ross County. I think Kilmarnock go up there and especially without Dan Armstrong, I think they'll be happier with a point. I've gone for zero uh, zero. Uh, I know Ross County have signed Damon Brophy this season, but they've struggled for goals, and uh, I don't think Kilmarnock will uh, give much away. So I've gone for zero zero. I forgot he used to play for Kilmarnock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about you trying to get the link you were a teammate Adele he played for Kilmarnock last season helped to win the, the, the championship uh, of course and then Dell got shot of him anyway um, Barry how do you see that one going at Rugby Park uh, sorry at Dingwall rather two experienced managers two managers who I rate highly um, Ross County I just I just can't see them getting out of it I don't um, I think Kilmarnock will go up there I know Armstrong's a big loss he brings that bit of magic in the, the final third well he's certainly done that this season for Kilmarnock I've went Ross County 0 Kilmarnock 1 another away win ok yep. we're on to the, the next game and it's a, a recurring theme another one of Stephen's former teams St Mirren they're in Paisley they're Who's at home they're at home to Motherwell who his brother plays for his brother Paul is playing the couple of different positions at Stevie Hamill so it was in centre mid recently um, as well he's played a couple of uh, different roles um, what do you think of that one um, in in Paisley tomorrow Stephen a- another huge game um, obviously Motherwell not been a great run of form but a good win last week in the cup and actually they've got the, the best away record in the league out with the Celtic Rangers um, opposite to Kilmarnock their struggles have been at home uh-huh. Um so and and obviously it's well spoken about St Mern's home so I think it'll be a tight game I've gone for one each um, I don't think a draw does either side a lot of, a lot of good but I think not loads between the teams so I've gone for a 1-1 Barry? Yeah I've got that marked down as well I think that's going to be a, a one each draw St Mern's home form this season has been really good mm-hmm. that's why they've they've got that amo- amount of points on board Motherwell struggled domestically I think Last week, I'll give them a bit of confidence in you signing. Is it Mandarin? Something? Yeah, yeah, a couple of goals. He's he's got off to a flyer. I'm sure, uh, sorry, Muddle, I've got to take a bit of confidence for that. So I've went one each. Okay, the big game tomorrow at Ibrooks of a full house to see Rangers against St. Johnson. Rangers won 1 0 in the Scottish Cup game last weekend in Perth. Barry, Rangers just first and foremost win the game cut the points gap to, to, to six and, and put a wee bit of pressure on Celtic on Sunday yep uh, that's what it's all about making sure you get points on the board and then you're hoping that Celtic may drop points um, in Sunday so Rangers need to be professional and go about their business as they have done since Michael Beale's come in so I think Rangers have won this one pretty convincingly um, not as much as people think I, I've went to a th- I'm going to go 3-0 Rangers 3-0 Rangers tomorrow at Hope St. Johnson. Stephen, um, just checking. No, there we go. No, you've not played for Rangers or St. Johnson. I'm sure St. Johnson probably try to sign you at some stage. But anyway, how do you see that one going to Ibrox tomorrow? Well, I think it must be a great feeling being a St. Johnson player off the back of six defeats. Do you think we trip to Glasgow to play Rangers at Ibrox? So uh, I've gone for 4-0. I don't expect Rangers to have any problems with that and I expect them to score a few goals. So 4-0. Okay, 4-0 to Rangers tomorrow. Okay, Sunday back-to-back games mm. live on Sky TV two absolute crackers Livingston 
against Hearts, Dundee United against uh, Celtic and just a quick check yep, Stephen's not played for any of the four of them um, so we'll start with you Stephen Livingston um, half past one on Sunday afternoon hope the third place Hearts some really good results recently fresh from the, the Edinburgh Derby victory how do you see that going? Yeah well Hearts obviously uh, having a brilliant time of it looking really strong um, I just I've just got a wee feeling for Livy having another brilliant season I think this is the last chance to really I mean if they lose this one the, the race for third probably goes out their grasp I think if they can get it down to four points with that game in hand um, it's really game on for third and I think it's more important to them than, than Hearts so I've gone for them to edge out 2-1 Big call that one Barry how do you see it? First and foremost I think it's going to be a, a right good game Livingston again Mark surprise package the job at David Martindale's mm-hmm. done there's um, been excellent I don't think they get enough credit for the, the way they play people just think they're long ball but they've got some decent players Hearts on the other hand I watched the game last week and Robert admitted that they've played better but I just think they're in a real good place at this moment in time there's a real togetherness with the squad they've got match winners you see the guys that come off the bench as well they're starting to get a, a real strong squad there It'll be a tight one, but I'm going Livingston 1, Hearts 2. Livingston 1, Hearts 2. And of course, you were with the winning team at 7 sides last night with Lee McCulloch, the assistant manager at, at Hearts. Must have felt good for getting a wee victory. Yep, and Robbie was in the, the, the side that was uh, defeated. You were in my team last night. Ah, yeah. I didn't want to see it. Nah, yeah, yeah, it'd be fair. Um, decent fi- you had a finish. Hit off one post on it, didn't I? Very good finish last night. Twinkle feet, twinkle feet, twinkle toes. <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take Eric and a compliment. Right, final game of the weekend, Tannadice, four o'clock on Sunday yeah. afternoon. The table toppers, Celtic go to Dundee United. Of course, they won 9-0 there earlier in the season. Um, Barry, how do you see that one going? I don't think it's going to be the same result as the last time Celtic were there. Dundee United have, have started to play some half decent stuff under Liam Fox but Celtic far too strong um, I think once they they get into the game I'm sure Dundee United will try and frustrate them but I think Celtic have got far too much quality Dundee United now Celtic 2 for me 2-0 to Celtic scorers any idea who maybe do you, sorry first of all do you expect all the new signing to get, to get any minutes at all tomorrow or Sunday rather um, it depends on how the game goes Matt, I've been honest with you mm-hmm. um, but Kyogo's the one that's going to play through the middle he's in fire at this moment in time um, and as I said listen Celtic could play 18-19 players in terms of that he's got that's the strength and depth that he's got it'll be interesting to see who he plays in the middle of the pitch that's an area we we'll always look at Callum McGregor's a racing cert so is Hitati and for me Aaron Moy's been yeah. Um, yeah. one of the top performers um, in the last month or so so I just think Celtic have too much quality Look, I think Dundee United will make a fight yet but I think quality will take over in the end and Celtic will win it pretty easily Tanner Rice on Sunday Barry's going for 2-0 to Celtic Stephen what do you think the score is going to be? Well I think I think Liam Fox will make reference to the, the 9-0 I think he'll he'll ask the boys to show that they've came a long way since then um, they'll be embarrassed about that game and they'll want to put it right I think they'll be a lot more competitive they've not been conceding as many recently as they were early in the season so I think they'll make it tough for Celtic and I've gone for a 2-0 victory also 
And who do you think is going to score? Give us a couple of... It's hard to go against Kyogo at the minute. And um, I, I think if Abada plays, he's good for a goal. So Kyogo, Abada. Kyogo and Abada. And do you think O oh, will get a turn? Do you expect Jakimakis to be involved? Or do you think he's out the picture until the window closes if he's still... I mean, it's one to keep here. an eye on um, if he's if he appears at training over the next couple of days in the social, socials. And if he's part of the travelling party, I would expect Jakimakis to, to come on instead of O at the minute. Okay, and before you go, Edinburgh tomorrow, tough away game, Edinburgh City. Tomorrow you guys all set for it? Yeah, we're joint in points in the league, so um, we're in, we in a position where we have to just keep on Dunfermline's coattails, wait for them to, to slip up, so we just need to do our job and, and see what happens elsewhere. Okay, brilliant, it was a great night tonight on the Go Radio Football Show in association with Macklin Motors. In case you haven't noticed, it wasn't Paul Cooney in the hot seat tonight it was me Mark Goody Paul will be back on Monday I'll be with him along with Barry Ferguson the headlines tonight just to wrap up before we go Ryan Porteous has joined Watford from Hibernian and a £500,000 deal plus add-ons Kevin Nisbet has knocked back Millwall he is staying uh, put and he is in the Hib squad for tomorrow's big game at home to Aberdeen uh, Rangers have Todd Cantwell the new sign in the squad tomorrow Yanis Hadji is back in the squad as well and for Celtic Huyen Guo Yo the £2.5 million striker from Suwon Blue Wings is in the squad as well thanks very much for joining us it was a great night a pleasure to have your company we'll be back on Monday at 5 o'clock have a great weekend. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.co.uk Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.